Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. John chapters 13 through 17 give us some wonderful insights into the interaction between Jesus and his disciples in the final hours before his arrest. In chapter 13, Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. And it's there that we see him rising from the table after supper, taking off his coat, putting on servant's clothes, picking up a towel and a wash basin, kneeling down before each of his disciples, and one at a time, washing their feet. When he's finished, he teaches his disciples an important lesson about being servants. Then his countenance changes as his spirit is troubled, and Jesus tells his disciples that one of them would betray him that night. They can't imagine which of them it could be, and Peter asks John if he can find out. Jesus gives them a sign to show them who it would be. But even when Jesus excuses Judas by telling him, That thou doest, do quickly, they still don't understand. Judas certainly understands, though he may have been surprised that Jesus knew about his secret deal with the Pharisees. After Judas leaves, Jesus shares with the eleven who remain some truths that they would carry with them to the uttermost parts of the earth. First, Jesus gives them a new commandment that was to define his followers. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. There in the upper room, Jesus tells them directly and specifically about heaven and about his return. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. There in the upper room, Jesus makes this very well-known statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. He clarifies for Philip an important matter about his identity. He says, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He tells them that they would do even greater works than he himself had done. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He begins to tell them about the Holy Spirit whom he would send to them. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth them not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. He tells them some other important things in the upper room. And then, in the last statement of John 14, Jesus says to the eleven, Arise, let us go hence. In the first verse of chapter 18, they're entering the Garden of Gethsemane. So chapters 15, 16, and 17 are spoken on their trip from the upper room to Gethsemane. I had the privilege of going to Israel after my sophomore year of college when I was 20 years old. Throughout our tour, the guide was continually emphasizing, we don't know for sure that this was the precise spot, but remember that the exact location isn't important. What is important is the life of Jesus and the works that he did. The tour guide stressed that again and again. 
But when we were in Jerusalem and we had left the upper room, he led us down a stone path and he told us, this is the one spot more than any other on this entire trip that I can tell you with great certainty that Jesus' feet actually touched. Based on the depth at which it had been excavated and the fact that it was the only trail from the upper room to Gethsemane, archaeologists were sure, according to this veteran tour guide, that Jesus had indeed walked that path with his 11 disciples. Walking along that path, Jesus taught the 11 about abiding in him with the illustration of the vine. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. He warned them about the persecution that they would face as they carried out their mission. The time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. As they continued to walk that path to Gethsemane, Jesus told the eleven more about his Holy Spirit. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. He confirmed his prayer promise. Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. And the last words Jesus spoke to the eleven in that phase of his life and ministry were these. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. After Jesus spoke those words, still on the path to Gethsemane, he began his intercessory prayer for all of his disciples, including you and me recorded in John 17. After Jesus finishes that prayer, John 18 begins, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Cedron, where was a garden into the which he entered, and his disciples. There in the garden of Gethsemane, after Jesus wrestled in prayer for several hours, he was arrested. Christian, what happened in the hours and the days of the week of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection changed the world forever. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you. So dear Christian, stay the course. Yeah.